What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bike Racing Weekly. My name is Rick. I'm here again this week with my co-host. Hey, guys. This is Ryan. I just realized that I have the microphone. It's always some type of technical difficulties. Yeah, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be Rick and Ryan's bikes bicycle racing be, podcast if we didn't have some kind of technical difficulty. It wouldn't uh, be yeah. It getting, wouldn't be a good start unless I did something wrong. Yeah, we're getting it out of way out of the way right away. So we're also joined by our special guest this week, uh, Casey. Hi. Uh, Casey. Yeah, this is Casey. Race bikes. Casey races bikes. Casey doesn't just race bikes. He's good at racing. <laughs> yeah, he also he races mountain bikes. Somebody some people say that. Yeah, I don't you, say that. You race some road bikes too? I do, a little so, bit. A little yeah. bit of both. I have dabble. you, have you dabble. even raced a cyclocross bike before? I did. It's been a couple of years though. Wow, you're truly uh, a well-rounded <laughs> athlete. We aspire to be like that. Mm. All right, cool. Well, I guess uh yeah, uh We've had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah, mainly within our own little Wisconsin scene, which has been pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Ryan, you raced your bike this last weekend. I did race my bike <laughs> yeah. last weekend. How'd it go for you? Well, first off... Uh, first of all, what race did you race at? First off, I, I raced a crit race. I did not race mountain, even oh, though I've been saying I was yeah. racing mountain. Yeah, okay. I remember okay. that. Yeah, I was supposed to race mountain this uh, weekend. Did not plan out like that, so I raced a crit race. Nice. And uh, was this, this was the Nina Menasha? Well, I guess Menasha. It was, they del- they uh, canceled all the races except for the crit. Gotcha. They so. had like four races and they canceled three wow. of them. This was the. Two men- of them. I don't know. I think they had. Yeah, like, oh, full, oh like, time. They canceled the time trial and they also the had a race. circuit race or yeah. road race the, on Saturday. But this was Sunday. This was the Menasha crit. And uh, how'd it go for you, Ryan? I uh, I took the dub. Nice. I took the dub. Bike <laughs> Race Weekly has one dub oh, under their belt. Bike, bike Race Weekly has one a crit. We're gonna put that on the board. Yep, yep. Put yep. that on the board. And this was the uh, this was a Cat Three crit, right? Cat Three. Yeah, okay, three this fours. this is your first Cat Three win. Oh, right. Uh, not only did I win, I also took every preem. Wow. How many people were in the race? Man, that was five guys. <laughs> Two guys. I was gonna say one. But. Okay. <laughs> There was 13. Okay, so there, that's a field. Like, you know, yeah, it's, it wasn't much like, of a field. Uh, to be honest, half, half the people in the race did the 4-5 race prior. You know, a win's a win, though, man. You yeah. got to take it. That's legit. It you felt know, good. It's uh, not, a, not an easy course, I'd say. It's mm-hmm. a really fast finish, so you got to have a super good sprint. That's so so I've heard, at least. Yeah, yeah I, I did feel good because there were um, two guys in my race who were actually pretty considerably well. The Whitnell Park race that we both raced, one of the guys yeah. in the race took third, I believe. Uh, was that the kid with the all-black kid? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I remember. He was fast. So he there, was pretty there fast. There was definitely some fast yeah. people in there. Uh, my teammate, Joe Garney, I saw he was third. Um, that's the guy yeah. with the LAPT kit. That was yeah, LAPT has a new kit, so I I totally... Yeah, f- it's pretty cool, though, It right? used to be, like, dark blue, so you could kind of... You always, you, you always knew. Their, their the kids stuck out, but their kids don't really stick out anymore. You look mm-hmm. just like brazen dropouts. Well, no, we got some high-vis on our... You got high-vis. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, Joe is a really, like, strong sprinter, um, mm-hmm. and I haven't ridden with him a lot, but I learned this... Uh, when we did a crit in Muskego Park, and Joe was nice enough to give me a lead out, and he damn near dropped me on the lead out because he was just, he probably went wow. with like 400 meters to go, and he, oh my gosh. he, seriously, like, he just has like a motor on him. He's super good, like, in the that like last, you know, half a lap of just like stringing everybody out. Yeah. Um, I felt a little bad after that because you know what? <laughs> I think I could have given Joe a lead out where he could have won instead of him giving me a lead out where I just did. Pretty well. 
But, you know, there will be more time throughout the season that, you know, we can change roles, yeah, but, I'm sure. I mean, a lead out is so different than a sprint. Because yeah. a lead out is you're racing for the 200-meter mark, you know? Yeah, I guess. I, I guess Where I've people, always... Other people are like, you, you're really good at getting there. Yeah. You know, but then there's also 10 other people who are trying to use you to get to the finish. Right. There's there's you definitely know? people that can give there's a good much... lead out, but they can't like seal the deal yeah. and finish the sprint. They're not great at um, sitting in the pack and knowing where to be placed and Sounds then fighting like, for it. Uh, myself. Yeah. Casey's <laughs> <laughs> the classic mountain biker who's just like, I just like to ride hard. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's easy to just, you know, start drilling it at the front. But, you know, then people people look at that and say, hey, that's my guy. That's the guy exactly. who can't sprint, yeah. thinks yeah. he can go for it, and I'm going to get right on him. Because that's what, actually, that's what happened in my race, but we're going to get to that later because we're first going to focus on Casey. Yeah, yeah. We can't forget about, you know, our special guest here, Casey. Uh, Casey, you've been racing bikes for a pretty long time, right? Like, yeah. Um, you started racing bikes? Tell us who you are, what you do. How you got into biking? Yeah, how do you know us? How are you? How are you? so misfortunate to know us? Why don't you start off by talking room. about us? Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you hear Ryan won a race over the weekend? Uh, it was a downer. Oh, it was yeah, a downer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough downer jokes. <laughs> no, yeah. So no, my name's Casey. I race primarily mountain bikes. Okay. Um, I think I really got into it uh, probably about freshman sophomore year of high school. So seven, six, seven years ago. Uh, I did my first mountain bike race in 2012 over at Camrock Park, and Camrock's been hosting the Wisconsin Off-Road Series, and Wisconsin Off-Road Series we'll touch on later, um, but it's a lot of, you know, it's basically 10 to 12 races a year. Um, it stretches from, you know, generally May to, well, now August, but it, only, it went all the way to October in the past. Um, but, uh, yeah, I got into it a little bit uh, sophomore year, uh, one of our, one of my teachers at the time he led like a mountain biking mm. clinic class um and this was the you know we had all these trails that were right out of the doorstep of the middle school basically um so he led it he led a clinic there and, and i had my old like trek antelope you know no <laughs> nice. suspension um uh, like, yeah, like like slightly upgraded from like a soft ride or something yeah like yeah well it had, it had like big balloon tires you oh, know like okay. a, yeah nice. like a two like a 1.9 i think <laughs> so, like, 26 inch wheels. 26 inch wheels right, yeah, cool. yeah yeah that's how long you've been doing it 26 <laughs> inch still a thing yeah so uh, so we went out and uh I, the first thing i remember from ever mountain biking is we're flying down this hill and i was probably going pretty slow but i felt like i was flying you know like mm-hmm. 14 year old me um and I remember trying to turn on these, they're like um, file tread tires. Okay. I remember trying to turn, I just slipped out, went to the tree, and I was like, I need a new bike. <laughs> that's good. That's like, I, you know what, that's like a, re- a weird thing you bring up because I feel like some people that are really addicted to just like trying new equipment and buying bikes, sometimes when things break, <clears throat> I know this myself, I actually kind of like smiling on the inside. So I'm like, ah, oh, I get to buy something new. Like I've got a good reason to like get some shoes, get a helmet. You know, I hope... You know, I didn't injure my head if I broke a oh, helmet, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. you know, you get to get a new helmet. You do. Get <laughs> well, I, have, yeah. I so had yeah. some experience with that. Yeah. Broken helmets. Yeah. You've, you're, so <laughs> you're currently, um, the war season opening race it was this past weekend. Yeah. And you were not in attendance. No. Nope. Uh, you're a little bit injured right now, right? Yeah. Um, I, uh, I went down, I was at, I was at Camera. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Crashed there a lot. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was at Caramac and I was just going down one of the descents and I, uh, I just kind of went over the bars and then 
Um, I basically just, you know, fell from the top of my bike to the bottom of the hill, so five or six feet and Jeez. right under the shoulder. So, you know, right now, um, essentially, my clavicle is, is very swollen on top and underneath. So you didn't kinda, break it, did you? I didn't break it, okay, but that's it's, good. it's partially torn. Um, so I, I went for a ride the other day um, just on the road bike, and, you know, you can you can kind of ride with a, a partially torn cloud. It's only been a week and a half. You can do road rides where you're just kind yeah, of in like the same position. Yeah. Well, that's that was weird about it is is I felt like my entire ride was the weirdest ride I've ever done. Mm-hmm. My entire ride I couldn't move my upper body, so I felt like I was on a trainer. Yeah. Like I, I there was the same muscles. It was the same efforts. Um, it's really weird because when you're sitting down like that, for me at least, you know I. I was pretty much unable to get above 500 watts mm-hmm. on and on a trainer. Yeah, because you usually just ride at 500 watts all day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, well, well, we we wish that you, uh, or you know, we hope that you have a quick recovery with that, like being injured, especially kind of like right when the, not only the season starting, but right when May is rolling around mm-hmm. in Wisconsin and like the weather gets nice. Um, that's like the worst time. It's to definitely get been injured. difficult. Yeah, yeah, for I sure. I mean, sitting like because. You know, you sit inside, you're on the trainer, you're looking outside, it's gorgeous out, no wind, sunny, yeah. and you're, you're sitting in a stuffy room. <laughs> oh, that's a bummer, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, so you've been doing the Wars series for quite a few years, and mm-hmm. for anybody that doesn't know, Wars is actually the largest mountain bike race series in America. Yep. Yeah, largest state, Wisconsin. largest state mountain bike state race series. State mountain bike yeah. race series. Yeah. There's a ton of people that always show up. I don't have exact numbers, but if you ever go to the, one of the races, mm-hmm. I mean, they go from essentially... It's like 600 people at every race. Is yeah. it? Okay. We get almost 1,000 at Cam Rock. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And they typically go from like the beginning of May to the end of August. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of spread out through the summer. Um, and it's a series, too. So like you get some really fast, legit guys. That, that's ten like, races. Yeah, yeah, ten races. That they're, they're completely dedicated to... Um, doing the entire series and uh, winning the overall. We have um, a few full-time pros that race yeah. wars. Yeah. Yep, and Casey, you're a Cat 1. Yes. Not only are you a Cat 1 elite, uh, you do pretty well, man. Like, you're generally around the top five. Yeah, you know? I, I try to. That's usually the goal. What's yeah. your best overall? Um, last year I got, um, so in the pro Cat 1 field, I was fourth at Eau Claire. Wow. And then I won, um, or I got, like, second in the Cat 1 state championships i mean that's and that's pretty like phenomenal too because basically the guys that are pretty much right above you most of them are full-time bike racers basically like how'd you you do at uh at nationals yeah Uh, yeah nationals is a lot of fun um they held nationals in west virginia again and and ryan has a little bit of history with west virginia Mm -hmm. uh some cold history good memories (laughs) (laughs) yeah you guys uh so you guys raced a collegiate national championship during a snowstorm Yes. Was that 2016? Seven? Yeah, 16. 2016? 16, 16, yeah. yeah. Um, and this was in West Virginia in, like, November? Uh, October. Late October. <laughs> late, late October. And yeah. I remember seeing pictures of you guys, and it was... It went from 60 degrees on, oh. like, Friday mm-hmm. Gorgeous. To, yeah, gorgeous. Amazing like pre-ride. 28 <laughs> oh degrees gosh. the next day with, in a snowstorm. It was 17 at start. Yeah, 17 degrees at start. Sleeting. Yeah. Nasty. That's nasty. One day, it was, you know, one day was, like, downpour, like hurricane type stuff yeah which we still race the uh short track in yeah i made it i think three laps before they pulled about like 50 percent of the field Jeez. and then uh the next day was the uh cross-country race and it they actually cut out like a lap two laps laps. it was a lot yeah and it was during like a snowstorm but i'll be honest like i was it was like freezing 
and I had on like just jersey, uh, I think leg warmers, and then my coat. Mm -hmm. I actually unzipped both my jersey and my coat. You know, I was like exposed chest because I was actually <laughs> sweating. Oh, yeah. because this this course was like it was almost like a uh, a world championship course where like half the course was just open double track. Or, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, fire lane, yeah, you know? Yeah. So you're just uphill. So yeah. it was like, it was pretty much like a cross yeah. race where you're just yeah. like red line the entire race. Exactly. And no, then it, when like, you're this the... hill was like long. Like you oh, got yeah. to the top and you're like, oh, I'm done. And you're no. like, nope, no. halfway. Top. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Okay. And then you took <laughs> a hard right into literally, um, you could call it, call it's, it's not even a rock garden, it was boulders. Like this, the small, like the rocks were like a foot, two feet big. And you, that was like the course for the next mile. Yeah, it was. It's 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 an amazing course, honestly. Like when there's not a foot of snow on the ground. There's not a foot of yeah. snow. <laughs> like the course is, is it's it's very it's incredibly hard because mm -hmm. when you're not in the double track, killing yourself to keep up. Yeah. You're in the single track, which is incredible. Which is which is rooty. Yeah. And wet and mossy. Yeah. It's so insanely it technical. Just sucks <laughs> all, oh. It just sucks all the energy out. Yeah. You pedal yeah. and you're like, why am I not going anywhere? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So. And that, that was very similar to, to nationals this summer. Because the day before, it was just, I mean, it, it was warm, yeah. but it was pouring. You know, we got, like, two mm. inches of rain the day right before nationals, Jeez. right so, before a race. So, like, when you're doing a, a race, and I don't have a lot of experience mountain bike racing, um, when you're doing a race where the, the conditions are just terrible, because it happens, right? Even, like, at the wars races, yeah. you know, they don't always, like, call the race if there's, you know, rain or whatever. I don't think they did once. Really? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, you know. This is the first, this, because they, they pushed back. The race oh, this right. past weekend. Yep. This was the first time in my experience of doing wars they've ever done something like that. And they only yeah. did did that because the location was at a, um, a ski yeah. jump hill, yeah. and they're actually pretty picky about destroying the area. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So and it was only two weeks after it had snowed. We touched on this last week. We did. Yeah. 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 But uh, when you're doing a race where the conditions, especially for a mountain where it's so it can be so technical, mm -hmm. uh, when the conditions are super bad like that. How does that change like the dynamic of the race? Like, what is your strategy? You know, I assume that like if the, if it's dry single track, it's like all right, I'm just oh, gonna go fast, exactly. and then I'm gonna go faster in the middle, and then I'm gonna finish fast. But yeah. like, what happens when? Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, I think honestly, for me at least, um, when when the conditions are just awful like that, mm -hmm. um, I go. Also, oh, that was an office reference. If you guys didn't catch that, I didn't hear it. What was it? <laughs> Casey goes fast at the beginning, a little faster in the middle, and then he finishes fast. <laughs> You guys aren't true. Is that, it's is not, it, no, that's from the that's from the marathon. Is that from the marathon episode? It's from the five k for the yeah yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. That was good. That was good. Uh, you guys can tweet at us if you know who in the office, like which character said that. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Casey. Back to strategy. Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, the hardest races I do are the ones where it's perfect out. Really? You know? okay. Yeah, because I feel most confident on my bike. Mm -hmm. I through the technical stuff, through the single track, doesn't matter. Those are the hardest races because I know I can push myself to my absolute limit without worrying about the conditions. Kind of the same with road racing and criterium racing. Mm, yeah, thing. like every corner is the fastest corner you could possibly take it at. Exactly. You don't think about yeah. it. You don't think about, um, you know, you don't have to worry about the rest of your body where it is. You can just kind of go through and, and go really hard um, and trust the bike and trust in what your equipment. Um, but I think, you know, for me, when it, when it gets nasty and it rains, I kind of, I kind of shut down a little bit, mm. you know, I personally, I, I don't race well in it. So I'll, I'll really be more of kind of just monitoring my effort, trying to just stay, you know, I've been racing the same guys for quite a while. Mm. So I'll kind of know where they're, they normally finish at. 
And if I can play the mental game of, hey, I think I can stick with these guys, even though it's this nasty out, I'll feel pretty good for the rest of the day. Whereas when it's perfect conditions out, I try to shell those guys, you know, yeah. no matter what, how, where they normally finish, I'm just trying to beat everyone because, you know, I feel most confident. So you hate it when you feel good and you're confident because it's harder. So you like it it when it's harder because you 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 feel less confident. (laughs) There's some kind of logic in there. Uh, But obviously, you're pretty fast, so whatever that means must be working. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but, you know, it's just how how I race. Okay, that's cool. uh, So I had another question, too. So uh, you've done the wars, like, the entire series for a couple of years now. And for a lot of people, especially road racing and... I would say even cross racing too, you know, like a cross season is basically like September, October, November for pe- most people. Yeah. You know, mountain is May, June, July, August, September, October. Well, not it's September. Now it's August. August. So it's at least a, a month yeah. longer. And Sometimes when you throw five. on collegiate, you know, then you're going until October. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, when you're going for an overall series, like how do you manage that season? Like the stress. You, you've got to be. The stress rel- levels on your body. Yeah. Because yeah, you've got to be relatively fit throughout the entire season. You know, like you can't just like pick a race to peak oh, at exactly. because yeah. if you want to peak in July, that's probably going to mean, you know, it's going to mean that you're going to be not super fit in May and mm-hmm. you're going to be burnt out by August. Exactly. So, like, how do you manage a season like so, that? So, um, when I started riding, I didn't have any sort of training programs, I didn't mm-hmm. use anything. Um, I just kind of rode by feel and, and you know, and I, I was in pretty good shape because I just come off a wrestling seat, like a full wrestling season. So I had the cardio. Um, so for me, for the, for me, like that wasn't too, di- too difficult to transition into. It was very high intensity and I wasn't finishing amazingly well, um, but I was getting into like the higher levels of mountain biking and just kind of learning my way through it. Um, and then I had, a, you know, I had a, I had a big wall in, in about 2016. Um, I, cause I, I had the same mentality going to it. I'm like, I'm going to go fast from May all the way until August. I'm not going to slow down. And that, that bit me cause yeah. you never, you never have recovery weeks. You just, you know, you ride for 10 to 12 hours a week, um, as hard as you can, as fast as you can. And there's no, there's, there's no good recovery. So what I've done lately and last season has helped me a lot, um, is I've been kind of just trusting myself to a, a program called VeloPro and VeloPro is really nice. Um, it's very similar to trainer road. It, you know, you put in your goals so you can put in, you know, two two peaks. Actually, uh, this is a big difference between uh, Trainer Road and oh, VeloPro. It? So because VeloPro, it'll show you where you're going to peak at what mm-hmm. it, it predicts your FTP. Yes. yes. VeloPro is really interesting. I've kind of played around with it a little bit, too. It has it's, a free trial if anyone's interested. Yeah. yeah so I completely trust it. Yeah. I mean, after last season's results... Um, you know, because it builds in it builds in rest rest weeks that aren't boring. Because a lot of times, like rest weeks, you just sit around on the couch and, and don't do much. With these rest weeks, it lets you kind of have fun with it. Like mm-hmm. go for a three hour chill ride, just enjoy yourself. You and know? and VeloPro, so it's adaptive too. So like, mm-hmm. say your training is like not exactly what it recommends for one week, uh, does it change it then like going forward? Yeah, it it will. S- sort of adapt to what your riding is and a lot of a lot of what velopro relies on is predictability Mm -hmm. um so it it might not take much into account of what you've done that day but if you can go a week in advance and and tell it or like three weeks in advance and tell it what races you want to do and what days you plan on like you know if you're really busy and you know Mm -hmm. you can't get a ride in outside you can tell velopro hey i'm going to be doing an indoor workout It'll change that workout and it'll change the entire week for you. Yeah. Just, you know, just to, so VeloPro is, it, it's, it's really good. It's all algorithm based. I mean, you can tell right. it just by using it. And it's really based all, primarily like, it, you basically you pick how much you want to train. So like mm-hmm. how, 
how committed are you, how many hours a week you exactly. have. And it essentially builds your training stress over the season. And it builds it up in a way where, yeah, if you have a couple target races, you can essentially be really fit around them. And mm-hmm. then if you want to say like, yeah, so you have a season-long uh, series, mm-hmm. you can build that into the program yeah. and it'll try to keep your fitness yeah. pretty high through the season. So I'll put like, you know, for example, I'll put state championships and USA Nationals as my A priority races. And then for my B priority races, I'll put every other race that's in the Wars circuit. So, yeah. um, you know, if we're going to lacrosse, if we're going to Eau Claire, if we're going to Wausau, um, you know, it's really, you know, it, it won't focus on those B priority, but it knows they exist and it can build your training structure around there. You know, if it knows, if, if VeloPro knows that you're going to have a really hard workout on Sunday, it's not going to schedule some lactate threshold building workout on Saturday. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think VeloPro is really cool and it's cool the way you use it. And I think, so train, uh, Ryan kind of touched on train and road a little bit. Um, I think that's like where the biggest difference between VeloPro and train and road are. They're both essentially prescriptive plans. VeloPro works like a little bit more off of an algorithm to try to like like plan your season that way. Mm-hmm. But I think, in my opinion, if you have a, like a season with a ton of races and you want to pick out a few that you're going to do really well at, but you want to do pretty well throughout the entire season, I think VeloPro is like probably a good way to go about training if you don't want to hire a coach. Trainer Road, I think, is an awesome program. I think it's more built for people that have cycles of racing so yeah and the big know, difference too but that i've kind of uh saw between velpro and trainer road the reason i chose trainer road is uh velpro is more focused on outdoor riding versus indoor riding yeah. mm-hmm. so you just it specifically has, select yeah to do yeah. an indoor ride after it builds your workout which it almost re- it yeah it almost kind of allows for uh, inconsistencies with your training mm-hmm. and yep, that's kind yep. of why and I mean if if I mean people would most people prefer to ride outdoors which is why I would see people like Casey who mm-hmm. hate who who hates riding indoors right no I do yeah. <laughs> yeah now that he has to yeah right? so <laughs> for you that would that's probably a better thing you know and it's more so like you know 5 10 15 minute intervals and stuff mm-hmm. where trainer road is a very uh, much more like specific yeah and it's only trainer workouts where velopro kind of has that uh variety mm. i think trainer road is like taking like a scalpel to your season like the intervals are so specific and the way they build like the train not only not only training stress so i think velopro focuses Mm -hmm. a lot on training stress it also builds in like specific intervals but trainer road builds in like like exact time at like how how much time are you spending at vo2 Mm -hmm. max like Mm -hmm. anaerobic capacity like what is your actual uh, goal of the season like are you doing all crits are you doing some road races are you doing centuries Mm -hmm. that's where i think like if you have super specific goals, Trainer Road is an awesome tool. And yeah, if you ride mostly indoors, Trainer Road. I think Velopro and Trainer Road both have like a place and a specific demographic exactly. that yeah. appeals. There's to. no wrong way to really go. No, I think look at like how you ride. Yeah, and choose. For that's yourself. why. Yeah, that's why I personally chose Trainer Road is because I enjoy riding indoors. Mm-hmm. I like being on my smart trainer, and uh, Velopro just their workouts didn't really fit what I enjoy doing. I like those very specific workouts and targets, mm-hmm. kind of like o- almost more similar to like going mm-hmm. to the gym and doing like 
specific, you know. You're yeah, doing. you're weightlifting with your body. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, you, you know, no, you go to the gym. And you're <laughs> yeah. I don't think you get very big from weightlifting most places. No. Well, like, yeah, like, when I was, back when I was a huge into weightlifting, I had a very specific yeah. program where I would do five sets of five of the same weight, you know, of, you know, different workouts. And so I'm, I'm kind of just really used to that where you have mm-hmm. a very specific, like, this is what you're going to do five times at this power. And I like that because it's very structured and it makes sense to me. I'm, I'm the same way too. I I really like racing. And I think the reason why I like racing so much is because it's like a specific goal that you can put on the calendar. Mm-hmm. And with Velopro or Trainer Road, I use Trainer Road personally. I really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, yeah, I like the when I'm doing, when I'm riding my bike, I like there to be some kind of purpose. Like, okay, I'm doing these sweet spot intervals because I'm trying to raise my, my training stress. I'm doing these VO2 intervals because I'm going to hit a four minute climb in my road race and I need to like hang on and like perform at that point. Um, I, I like riding my bike, yeah. but like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't, you know, I like, that's why I kind of hate the off season. Cause you ride, you just ride. And like some people, yeah. that's all they like to do. Like they hate structure. They just want to get on their exactly. bike and ride. Yeah. I that's fine. Like, I if I wasn't racing, I'm obviously I'm not gonna stop riding my bike. No, like, yeah. But like, yeah, it's just what I like about bike riding. Is and like there is the a training structure like that too, like the European mm-hmm. method, um, yeah. where you ride when you want to ride, and if you don't feel good enough to ride, you don't. You know. Yeah. You just, yeah. You and only I mean, listen to your body. Yeah. Like, yeah. Personally, sure. personally, like I've thought about it. Like, unless I raced, like it would be very difficult for me to get on my bike. No, same for me. Like, if I wasn't racing, like. I would do coffee rides, like I. Yeah. <laughs> but you wouldn't. I would drink so much coffee. I'd I just be think, riding the coffee shop every day. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think I could do over like yeah. one hour ride. So I mean, I like doing. You know, I like doing long rides with buddies. Like those yeah. are fun. I like going out with friends and just doing like a couple hours, like chatting and like catching up. Yeah. Um. But like the hardest ride for the me- for me to do during the week is honestly like the one hour recovery ride. Those I are. I did, a, so uh, boring. <laughs> oh I did a one gosh. and a half, half hour train or road recovery ride. Yeah. Those rides are not recovery. They're like harder than like, <laughs> they're like harder than your like VO2 max workout. I, I don't believe that. What just because like about? you hold, because it's just like you get up to like, um, so like my FTP is set at 277 uh-huh. and then it, it just like goes up to like, it goes up and uh, like below like 200, but it uh-huh. sits right around the 200 mark yeah. for like an hour and a half. Yeah. And on the, tra- like outdoors, that doesn't seem hard, but when you're on a trainer for an hour and a half with zero, like, like recovery intervals mm-hmm. or anything, you're just doing that for an hour and a half. Yeah. That's just like grueling. And basically any kind of ride that you'd want to do on trainer road, like think about the ride you do outside and like yeah. they make it the hardest possible like way mm-hmm. to do it but inside so like say oh i just want to do a two-hour zone two ride <clears throat> trainer road has this like uh sick mentality where they like <laughs> they like slowly ratchet up like so you'll be starting at like low zone two at the beginning of the ride yeah. and again like you're on a trainer so it's kind of like you take some concentration just to like do anything yeah and they slowly ratchet it up like you'll start low zone two and pretty much by the end of the ride you're like very high zone two low zone three and you, it's like death by a thousand paper cuts. It shouldn't yeah. feel that That's hard. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It shouldn't it's exactly be that what hard, it but yeah. it's like, it's like all of a sudden, two hours, you're like, yeah. I feel like I rode four hours. Yeah, because yeah. you're pushing, you're pushing like sixty to seventy percent of your max, which it yeah. shouldn't mm-hmm. be that hard. Yeah, it shouldn't be hard. No, no, it shouldn't be. Um, <laughs> you, but you just, you know, I think the thing of it though is with riding outside. Um, 
because you you ride a lot more outside than you know during the summer normally than, than most mm-hmm. than you do in in any time of the year. So with riding outside, you get a lot of micro recovery. And yeah, yeah. Just like soft pedaling. And, and that's why that's why I like doing the indoor rides because mm-hmm. even if I do like a five minute interval outdoors, like you kind of yeah. hop like up and below where you really should be. You're not staying at yeah. 300 watts. You're going yeah. from like you're 380 going up and to below. like 220 to like. Or maybe yeah. like your first one was, if you're trying to hit 300, your first one might be 325, your second one's 310, and then your third one's 295, and then your fourth one's mm-hmm. 280. Exactly. And all of a that's kind of what gets to me is because when I come home, I kind of feel like, okay, I did really good intervals outside, but I could have done better in mm-hmm. intervals inside because yeah. they would have been consistent. I, what I'm I sure think with that is that you're not building your strength as much. Because when you're going outside and you're doing those 300 watt intervals or you know for five minutes or whatever, um, you're not just pushing. You know, like you said, you're not just pushing 300 watts. You're pushing a lot more than that. You're pushing up to four, up to 500 for very minute seconds of time. But I think you know it, it builds your strength a little bit better. Like that's just my opinion with it, and that's why yeah. I kind of I kind of like doing those three hour mountain bike rides. You know, and especially with that, because it builds a lot of skills. And, you know, it's the same with road. I like doing three-hour road rides. I can't sit on my trainer doing 200 watts for two hours. Yeah, exactly. Well, we've talked. I'm sure there's people that are listening that are just, like, bored in tears. (laughs) (laughs) We we find, like, training and power and indoor structure stuff, like, I think we all find that pretty Mm -hmm. pretty interesting. But we can get on to the next topic. All right. Um, So, Ryan, we talked before. to continue on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, we need (laughs) We So uh, this week, uh, I think we touched on it last week, but I did my ramp test. Oh, for we the are first still going to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll just make it quick. We'll just we'll touch on it. it. Yeah, yeah, just touch on it. So this week, I did uh, the ramp test for the first time. The heart. So it's basically Trainer Road's new ramp test. It takes twenty five minutes total, and that includes a warm up and cool down. Okay. So and quick. so yeah, yeah. I can't get over how easy of a workout that is. So that's like, that's the great thing. Is so you say well, not easy. You say <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it uh, it was super easy. What it is is you start warm up. At, I was at like 140 watts for my warm up, and then you just jump in, and then it's a step up. So every one minute, it stepped me up 17 watts, and you go until you can't go anymore. So uh, basically, it's when your muscles can't push the watts anymore, mm. and it just drops, and you can't pedal. And mm. then you stop, then you press done, and then uh, it gives you your new update, your new FTP, and then it, once you say, okay, thank you, it'll go to your cooldown. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the issue uh, with the first time, at least, was it gave me the exact same FTP after four weeks of training. And I know I know I definitely know that I'm fitter. Mm-hmm. You know I can tell that I'm fitter. The workouts get easier. What um, was the FTP test you did? Before oh, it was eight minute. Yeah, the, eight, the two eight minute, right? Yeah, and I, the first time I did the ramp test too, I had no idea what to aim for. Mm-hmm. I had a guess that it would take. I read online that uh, it would be around like eighty percent of whatever you hit. But it's so di- the algorithm that they use is so different for every single user that you can't just say it's eighty percent of whatever you hit. So uh, I thought I had to hit like three seventy. I was like, if I hit three seventy, it's gonna be exactly what I'm aiming for. Mm-hmm. And it got me up to like three seventy seven. I made it forty seconds into three seventy seven. And I'm like, awesome! I hit it. I hit my goal. I went even a little bit uh, above it. 
and you know this was a perfect FTP test, gave me my exact FTP current <laughs> FTP. So now I have a baseline though. I know yeah. I know that three seventy seven is going to be my FTP if I hit that my normal one. So kind of next time I need to go to the next step above that. And even like I'm trying to hit like 400. The thing was about it was right around you feel fine, mm -hmm. and you know once you kind of get into the 200s, you kind of realize like, all right, my legs are kind of feeling it. Like you don't really think of it other than when you think, okay, I'm at 225, and I need to get to like 400, and I can kind of feel my legs getting fatigued. And I still need to go another like 180 watts. Yeah. So the pacing is just really what you know. It's a different. Yeah. It's just a different kind of effort. Like you didn't know how to pace it. I didn't know much. how to pace it. I didn't okay. have a number in mind that I needed to hit. But now, so I took it yesterday, and uh, once I got my exact same FTP, I was like, okay, so I need to retake this because this yeah. is not. Right. What would you What would you think you would prefer? Like the eight minute, the two eight minute, or? The, oh, I thought you were gonna say what FTP test. would you prefer? Yeah. Like four hundred well, watts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's the same thing with uh, if you took the twenty, if you took a twenty uh, minute test every single time, you get really good at the twenty minutes. The same with the eight minute. Mm -hmm. I think it's gonna be the same for this. Once I take yeah. it over and over again, it'll be a lot easier to do, and I, you know, I know exactly how to pace it. Yeah. 20 so minutes is just a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the great thing about this is it's you meant to be with. so you can take the you can take it more often and you can still get a workout mm -hmm. afterwards. So and this will be my last thought. So today I took just a 45-minute recovery ride, and tomorrow I'm gonna retake the test, but then I'm gonna do another like hour, hour and a half workout afterwards. Nice. Well, we'll check in with you next week and see how that goes and see if uh, indeed you are higher. Functional threshold power. Yeah, um, yeah. Because if you're not, I'm aiming for like 290. <laughs> I'm trying to get at least like five percent every time. Five yeah, or six okay. percent. Cat up the cat too with that 290 FTP. Right? Yeah, man. I already have. Uh, I think I have four upgrade points. Oh, after nice. My win this weekend, yes. which is a segue <laughs> into Seg our next segue. conversation. Oh, we're getting pretty good at these segues. <laughs> yeah. So I got. So far, I have one point from our collegiate race that we hosted, where I took fourth place, and then I took a first place, which with the amount of people in the race, I only got three upgrade points. <clears throat> okay. So I have four upgrade points. If I wanted to cat up, you, you need 30, which is a lot of upgrade well, points. a lot, yeah. yeah. You, you, I mean, if you get 30 upgrade points in a season, um, you were killing everybody. You know, I, yeah, I almost I, Or feel, you were doing a lot of races. I would, I would almost feel bad if I hit 30 points because that means, like, at least in Wisconsin, that means you pretty much win every single race. For an entire season. And that's, like, that's like the definition of sandbag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's, okay, so here's my perspective on upgrading. So when you're a Cat 5, you have to do... Which is another segue because that was on our, my list of things was upgrade <laughs> points. So I think we're like... So we'll touch, I think we'll we're touch not, on the race first <laughs> and got upgrade points. Okay. So we're, we're uh, killing the segue game. That's I'm true. just going to do a quick a quick um, update on my on how the race went. Okay. Yeah, so, I want, I'm interested to hear this. I'm also so, interested in your... Uh, we were looking at your average speed. That was... Why don't you talk yeah, a little was, bit about how much, yeah. you know, yeah. the kind of effort you had to put in. So it was a six-corner crit... Which is what I really like. Those are fun. Yeah, because Ryan, you're not like, I would say like you're not like a watt hammer. Like not you, a watt hammer. You don't you don't like crank out like a huge max power. But what I can tell, I've ridden and raced with you a lot. What you're good at is these long sprints. So like yeah. these sprints where like everybody's kind of fatigued and it's like really technical and you can just kind of like hold it for a long time. Yeah, yeah. what I really capitalized on too is I'm really good at. Uh, at 
taking corners with speed and pedaling through it and then like knowing how to like recover behind people so the guy uh i forget his name he was a really nice guy too the guy who was in all in black i think his name is jacob i don't know his last something name. like that um, yeah He's he fast, was though. he was on like yeah. the front the entire time. Why? And uh, <laughs> yeah, you know that was the thing. Honestly, I think he he's a better he's fit, much fitter than me. Yeah. But I just think he didn't race very well. Maybe he was just like, uh, Coach told me to do intervals today, and I'm gonna go race and just do my intervals. Exactly. The race. You know, yeah, you that know, that is a strategy. I mean, oh yeah, some people do. do you know, yeah. I, well, I heard him at the because he lined up like right next to me. Yeah. He was talking to another guy who was kind of on my radar. Yeah. And he, he's trying to get, like, upgrade points to be to go Cat 2. Yeah. So um, he was, like, at the front the entire time. I don't know if it was kind of like a I, – I can I can be at the front because I'm way fitter than everyone. But, like, yeah. I kind of just chilled out when I saw him and the other guy who was on my radar at the front. I would kind of be at the front because I was kind of half expecting us to go on a breakaway because yeah. I definitely yeah. thought we, the three of us could. There was a few attempts, which – I mean, in a race that small, and there's not really any teams. When someone tries to go, to go, everybody wants everybody to go. Yeah, and that's that's like personally my biggest pet peeve racing is when you enter a race, especially a crit, but a road race is worse, and you have like a small field, like 13 yeah. guys. Like not to take away from your win, like that's definitely good. Like it's harder to win when there's a small field exactly. too. Yeah. But like, it's just my biggest pet peeve because it's just this weird dynamic where like. The field is small enough where everybody has to respond to an attack, but at the same time, like it just takes like one guy to roll off the front, and nobody wants to like work, like because there's not really any teammates in the race, and everybody's like, "Well, you're that other guy's gonna go chase it down." So yeah, it's just a cat and mouse game, but it doesn't sound like that's what happened. I mean, my ideal race is when there's twenty to twenty-five to thirty people, and there's no team that has more than three riders. You know, yeah, you have a bunch of teams like three riders, and everyone. All these other teams are still marking each other, and there's a lot of good attacks. Um, and it's it's I think it's a really it makes for a really lively race. I like yeah, I always definitely. like when there's attacks because I almost preferred the speed to be a little bit higher up because mm-hmm. I noticed especially in this race if I wasn't like at the front, you know, uh, a lot of people go slow around the corners where I feel a lot better like pedaling through corners and that's actually and a, just a, maintaining speed. So with the few times where like uh, someone went on attack and we picked up the speed. I actually felt like I was uh, like reserving energy by being at a higher speed because I didn't have to slow down through corners. Exactly. Yeah, that's a huge advantage too. If there's a smaller field, like if you know you can take corners faster than everybody, you don't actually have to ride harder. You can just take the corner super fast, and you automatically gap off the guy behind you. That's like pretty much the entire mantra of mountain biking. <laughs> <laughs> Go fast in the corners and break late. You know, yeah. conserve as much speed as you can because. It's a lot harder to make that speed up when your whole, you know, when the whole rig weighs five pounds more. And right. And the great thing about this race too is, you know, the the corners were super wide, mm-hmm. so you know you could take them at full. You didn't have to break. And if you're the first guy or like one of the first three wheels into the corner, you get to pick the line you yeah. want to take. If you're, you know, a couple wheels back. That means that maybe you're going into the corner too wide, maybe three wide if it's mm-hmm. like a bigger field. It doesn't yeah. sound like it was for this. So lane. essentially this was a race where I was either front three or I was like the last guy tail gunning. Because if, you know, if I was at the at the back just reserving uh, preserving energy or energy after like a preem or something, there was two preems. One was a $20 preem, one was a merchandise preem. Uh, like the first preem, I think I was in like the middle of the pack. And it was a pretty easy and wide open course where 
as soon as I wanted to, I could just drill a corner and all suddenly I'm like at the front. And you just keep the gas on and that's yeah. your dream. And yeah. so in this race, it was a six corner, but in uh, the second to last corner, you, it was a left turn and then like a downhill. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've raced this race a few times, so I knew on the downhill, if you go on the downhill and then the last corner is super wide, so you could take it really fast and then it's like a 150 meter sprint. So as long as you were first person out of that last corner and you you keep that momentum, like nobody's gonna nobody's gonna catch up to you until the finish line. Yeah. And that's how I got both premiums and that's how I got the win. Nice. Uh, but so twenty bucks in my pocket, first premium. Second premium was merchandise premium. Oh. Get this. <laughs> Get this. Get this. <laughs> they think this race thought that a great merchandise premium would be an XL plain white V neck. <laughs> <laughs> and then pink Wait. handlebar tape. So, Ryan, are you telling me that since you're almost graduated from college, you know, you threw on the, the pink bar tape and you're just rocking your white tee around campus, your XL white tee, almost XL. like a tall tee at that point, the, you know? It's it's a, such a big T-shirt and it's, and it's a, such a deep V-neck, you can see my belly button. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's... That's a great preem. Whoever organized that preem, <laughs> kudos to you. Uh, I think Diablo Cycling is yeah. the club up there. But so, I think okay, this is what happened. This is <laughs> like it's just like thirty minutes they didn't want anymore no, no, no. in their shop. Thirty minutes before the race started, they're like, guys, 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 we don't have a second preem. <laughs> somebody, somebody from the team went into their car and they're like, all right. <clears throat> I'm a bigger guy, you know. I'm I'm not really riding a lot these days. I'll give him my XLT. It's probably used, by the way. That's my guess. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, my girlfriend uh, or my wife, she was, you know, uh, uh, she was riding with me this week, and I had to get her some new bar tape. I'm just gonna have to give him this this pink bar tape and my used XL white tee. I'm surprised they didn't have like an old water bottle they could throw in. Right. I would prefer <laughs> a water bottle. <laughs> well, Ryan, I'm sure that you're gonna yeah. hang that white tee on your. <laughs> but no, I already used it. We went, we went on the boat afterwards, and there was some uh, bird feces on our boat, so we used the white tea to clean up bird feces. Okay, so so okay, so I can't last, say you wasted it. I, I guess. Yeah, I think that's a worth so, cream right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last lap of the race, it was perfect for me. Uh, as soon as we crossed the finish line for the last lap, a guy went off the front. The um, the I was sitting fourth wheel. The two guys at the front chased him, and basically like chased him the entire last lap that was basically your lead out yeah the and then corner the guy who was you know the guy in all black he he kind of gapped the other guy who was in front of me so i went after him and then he kind of coasted down the hill so i'm like i'm just gonna hammer it down the hill get on his wheel for like a second and then just go around him mm-hmm. that's exactly what i did and i mean between him and me we had a solid like 20 feet to the next guy wow. and i just barely got him at the line like, yeah we were we were like I, inches i saw the picture of your finish yeah. and when i saw that i was i i was like wow they had to do a photo finish i'm sure oh for sure yeah, yeah. They, like, they, when they you crossed the line did you know you won uh i didn't know but i was like you know sure. Yeah, in my, but in my mind, I was like, let's see, I got 20 bucks premium. I got a $20 premium. I got a merchandise first, premium. Would have been your first first podium, too. Yeah, so and I'm like, I could, I'm going to get some money out of this. And I was like, you know, this is a pretty solid day no matter what. You know, so I was like, first, second place, I, I don't really care. The guy, the guy who um, took second place was a really nice guy. So if he would have won, I would have been like, oh, you know, congrats. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, it was a good race. <laughs> to be honest, he put in a lot of work that race, so... I, I wouldn't have felt bad if he he would have beaten me. What was, he definitely your, what was your average pace during that race? 
It was like 25 and a half. That's still like a pretty fast race like for, for only being, 13 people. 13 people. And yeah, it yeah, felt, yeah. to be honest, like after the race, I didn't feel that tired. Like no. I, I thought it was going to be more like 24 miles per hour. It definitely didn't feel yeah. like a fast race. There yeah. wasn't, it was, it was, there wasn't many attacks, you know, I could count on one hand how many attacks there were. Yeah. And most of them started from me going for preems. I've, you know, I've really <laughs> noticed with a lot of races that, um, like, the average speed really doesn't dictate, like, how hard that race no. felt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, for example, like, I we talked about this last week, but, like, I did the cross last weekend, and the average speed was, like, 26 and a half miles an hour, mm-hmm. which that that is, like, a pretty, fast, pretty fast race. Yeah. But at the same time, it was the hard – it felt like a, just a brutally hard crit yeah. because – you had a team at the front that was either drilling at the entire time or somebody was attacking and mm-hmm. we were just strung out for like half a lap oh, trying yeah. to chase it down. So like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just so interesting. Like, you know, you, you get done with a race and you look at your, it was like, oh, that was such a hard race. Do you look at your average speed? And it was like, oh, it's, yeah, was, <laughs> it wasn't that fast. Where I did a 28 and a half mile per hour race at Toad last year. One where, of your races was 20 and Yeah, 28 and a half. Wow. Yeah, but it was wow. also completely flat with, Pretty fast corners. Which race was that? Uh, Shorewood. It might have been Shorewood. Okay. I did. Uh, All the races kind of just. They have a cat three category in tow this year. No, they do that every year. Oh man, <laughs> I, I heard that from so many people. Oh, that's such a bummer. And what it is is they put that out like on USA Cycling like months ahead. And yeah. Everyone's like they have a cat three this year, and then this like is, a month is, before, all of a sudden they take it away and put two three. This no, is what I, not gonna be cat. Three. Yeah, this is what I think happens. I think they want people to pre reg. Yeah, you know if they they had if, a standalone cat three in the St. Louis crit, I did. They did. They do. Yeah. yeah. Um, if they sell out of the race, like if. If they get a full category three category, mm-hmm. then there will be a cat three race. There used to be a, like a three four field at Toad, yeah. but otherwise, like when they get close to the race, they look at their numbers and they they basically assess like okay, like there's X amount of cat twos, and otherwise it would be a cat one two pro one two yeah. race, and like I I don't know, I think a lot of cat twos come to that race. A lot of cat twos can't do that pro race. Yeah, to be honest. yeah those. Like, but then they shell a lot of the cat threes. Yeah, know? the races it isn't as fun. If if you're a cat three, toad is actually like really like probably the, the hardest race for anybody is like a cat three doing toad. Like yeah, and not, and, not like a, and not like a really strong cat three that should be a cat two. Like just your run of the mill cat yeah, three. Yeah. Like you did toad last year. Granted, yeah. you were working every single day of the yeah. event. Um, but yeah, like, very little sleep. Yeah, but no recovery. Those those races were like were hard. There right? was definitely hard races. Did you ever yeah. feel like you were able to like really contend in the race? Uh the first few days, um, when the fields are a little bit more mellow. You can, I mean, if you look, if you go and look at the Strava, like you can see every single day, the pace got faster and faster and faster. So those first few days, I actually felt like I, I belonged in there. I even yeah. almost won a few preems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I actually felt pretty confident in those first few days. And then it's once people kind of start getting into the week and start going to those bigger uh, races that then you're like, oh, I'm like, there's definitely some, like, legit contenders. Once the junior races start, too, like, there are some, like, juniors who get there who are, like, trying to go pro. Um, yeah, what I found is are those hot races. Tubes, hot tubes uh-huh. guys uh, get there. Yeah. yeah. Who, if you don't know who hot tubes are. Jun- uh, junior development team. Ian Boswell, who is a <laughs> team sky rider. He currently races for uh, Katusha. Yeah. He came from hot tubes. It's, yeah. like, the number one juniors team. And they yeah. come, they come to toe. They're all like cat two, cat threes, uh-huh. and they just like they just dominate. 
so and there was a Colombian junior team too. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and it's, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, right. it's ridiculous how it's, good kids at age well, are. And yeah. here's the thing about Toad too is there's like there's serious money on the line. At Toad. Yeah, there's and a I'm not lot of I'm money. not talking about pro one twos. Like obviously there's good money for pro one twos. Oh, yeah, I if you're cat a, four if, fives. Okay, if you're a cat four and you like are dominating, you could bring home a grand. Yeah, I'm not like not even. Just that's that. Yeah, when I was a cat four, I took home 450 bucks in like four days. Yeah, you raced wow. like a, you raced yeah. like four races. Right? I was averaging like 125 dollars a day racing there. Plus yeah. you're working. No, uh, no yeah, no. I did. I did work <laughs> 2016. You did work. I worked the weekends. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but yeah. So, um, yeah, we like, we know a couple of guys. We knew a couple guys that um, in 2016 when we were doing the cat four race, like mm-hmm. they did the entire series, which the entire series used to be 10 days is now 11 days. Um, and I think it's still 10 days for a cat four, but it's 11 is, days. Did you say that? 11 days this year? Yeah. Um, but so what is the, what is the prize money for like the hundred dollars for first place? Yeah, so if you want that goes all the way out to like 10th place. Yeah. So if you're winning Jeez. just the races, not only the premiums, there's like yeah. 50 to like, I think there was maybe one $100 preem. So when I went for, downer. For a cat four, a cat four race. <laughs> so when I went oh downer, I, I cashed out at 150 bucks for that one day. Yeah. Because I got a preem and I got a... I don't think I've ever made 150 bucks at a horse race. It's yeah. crazy. I got it, a $50 preem in the cat one pro field. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. I got a $50 preem and it was 100 bucks cash for first place. Yeah. For cat four five. I know. That's <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. And the weird thing is... So the same company, same organization, puts on the Intelligentsia Cup in Chicago. Mm-hmm. They're like the prize money isn't really a thing. Yeah, like, it's smaller. It's it's not only is it smaller. It's like I don't like. So I did the Cat Three races, and I I don't even remember there being like during the week they a get payout outside of like the top people. three. Well, here's the thing though. Oh, do they really? Yeah. Oh, because the races I, during the week are not big. I, I did the re, the weekend races last year, and I so the cool thing about the Intelligentsia Cup is there's an actual Cat Three only field, which is super nice because like the two three I did the two three race and, and that's the three Tom race Schuller last year. Who decides who decided on that? Yeah, he, the, he was the one who said like we need like a Cat Three field. You do because I did the Cat Two Three race like the, in the mm-hmm. same day and. It, it was like it was mental how hard that race yeah. was like I couldn't move up the entire race like oh, and, yeah. and I did I did fairly okay in the cat three race I could at least like hang on and like move up and like feel comfortable mm-hmm. the cat two three race I was just bleeding out of my eyes like the yeah. entire race yeah speaking yeah. of Categories. Like I say, yeah. speaking of leaning, <laughs> <laughs> we got to we're uh, approaching the time to wrap up here, so I'll make how, this quick. How much time we have left? How much? What are, what like are we? Five, at? ten minutes. We're at fifty. Oh minutes. yeah, yeah. Let's talk about category yeah. upgrades. Okay. Yeah, category Let's, upgrades. They're 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 just giving out like candy. They need to. Oh they, yeah. Nowadays, okay. Three like uh, category threes are like people don't. They should have to get the upgrade points. So here's my. People, they're people. So many people get upgrades without hitting the upgrade points. That's like. I kind of think, feel like that's why they're there, you know? Yeah, here's my take on the entire upgrade situation. I'm not super worried about people that upgrade too fast or, like, I wouldn't even say upgrade too fast, but, like, upgrade right away. So when you're a five, category five, you have to do ten races. No I matter think that's right. a little ridiculous. Uh, a, a little yeah, bit. That's, that's I, a lot I, of racing. I personally think I it think should they be should five be, races. They yeah. should be stricter on cat fours going to cat threes. Because yeah. yeah. so many cat fours, well, they, win, they, they might win three races and think, I'm super strong. I'm going to be cat three when they have very little race experience. And that's, that's my huge issue is that so many of like cat fours going to like cat threes just have very little race experience and they're just dangerous, especially like when 
you know, it I, gets bumpy or fast. Yeah, I think the category structure is fine the way it is, but I think that you should have to do like between ten and twenty races before you can get to a cat three period. Yeah. No matter what your like yeah. how you place and like so between your category five and your category four. And then, you know, if you do like, let's say 15, right? Yeah. Cut in the middle. You have to do 15 races because the thing about the Cat 3 races is like, I think those races on average, uh, it, it gets quite a bit like faster, specifically in the corners. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like overall speed, but like people just take the corners way harder and mm-hmm. way faster in like a Cat 3 race. So, like, okay, so starting with Category 5, um, yeah, like you just get a bunch of guys that like, are really strong and they ride away from everybody. They're like whatever mountain bikers, triathletes. That's typically the people that <laughs> yeah. win those races. And they then, don't group us together. Yeah. Right? Okay. <laughs> uh, the category four field. Um, typically, I think that it's still really fast. But the people that like do well in category four races are people that just understand like the dynamic of racing. Mm-hmm. That's how most people get to category three. And I think once you get to category three, that's where people start to put both of those two yeah. aspects together. You get people that not only are like strong, but like understand how to race. Mm-hmm. You know, my issue like when I was at when I was watching my brother race and I'm, and uh, like the cat four five sprint, it wasn't like one person, but all of them. There was like five or six guys who like coming down the straightaway i was like you could look at and just say yep someone's gonna crash and guess what two people crashed after the finish line but you could see it because everyone's like their heads are down Uh they're throwing their bikes and it's just like that's that's why you shouldn't be you shouldn't get an upgrade yet is because you can't do that yeah and i think usa cycling you know i I don't love the idea of having to do 10 races before you can upgrade cat Mm five just that should be a cat four that's a big commitment yeah i just think you should have to big commitment so like i know with track cycling example the kenosha velodrome is in our home state you have to do clinics before they let you Mm -hmm. race on the track I mean, how much more different is crit racing than track racing? I mean, I get it. Like, on the track, nobody has brakes, and you have to be really cognizant of what's going on. But the same can be said for crit racing. Mm -hmm. You know, especially, yeah, crit racing, especially over road racing, you just need to be cognizant of, like, what's going on. And just, like, a quick clinic, like, at the beginning of the year for everybody, mandatory. Everybody has to Mm -hmm. do it. Okay, you sprint with your head up. You know, you uh, you don't slam on your brakes. If you get a flat tire, you put your hand up. You ride outside of the group. Yeah, just, yeah. just what, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So what's interesting with that is the collegiate scene has kind of started to do that. Yeah, they did. Um, the cle- for the last two years um, in collegiate road cycling, before before the category D race, which is equivalent to category five, um, they they do a basically a half hour clinic session. So some of the some volunteer coaches and riders from the area will lead. Basically, um, you know, a lot of D riders will come out for it, and a lot of new new riders um, will just come out, and, and the, these coaches will show them, you know, this is how you can race. Um, this is a good way to to go through this corner, this corner, this corner. It's all race dependent, and I think that's really good. You know, I know racers don't love it because it takes up time of the day. But they those are also equi- they made those equivalent to like two or three races. So out of your ten, that's like two or three. Oh yeah. yeah. And and my perspective on upgrading, I'm actually so I'm not worried about the person that upgrades to a cat three and they're not like they're maybe not quick enough, they get dropped really easy, they just kinda struggle at the back, right? Because what is what's the worst thing that can happen, right? They they, they hang on the back for a couple laps as long as they can and they eventually get dropped. I'm actually more worried about the person that's really, really strong. 
and upgrades really fast and like has the riding ability to be like a cat three or a cat two, cat one, but they don't have like the skills yet. Yeah. So, yeah. so, I, so see, that's I think a like see issues. Yeah. Now you know you get like now you have a huge group of them, and then when you go to like Toad during the two threes where last year there was four crashes a race, and that's because that's because so many guys are really strong. Yeah. But they can't they can't be in a pack of a hundred people. Yeah. So right. I want to talk a little bit. Um, so about USA Cycling, and I don't want to name names because this, this is exactly what you're annoyed about, um, is when I, when I first went to race a few cross races, um, I'd never done a cross race before. I'd been racing Cat 1 mountain bikes for a year at this point. Um, and I went to get, uh, I went to like sign up and get upgraded in, in cross. Or I didn't even get to get one of the upgraded in cross. I wanted to go from Cat 2 mountain bike to Cat 1 mountain bike. And the woman doing the USA Cycling upgrades, she sent me an email, when she sent me an email back on my upgrade status, She's like, oh, well, I upgraded you to a Cat 2 in cyclocross because your mountain bike resume is pretty strong. And I don't I don't think that's okay. Like, you shouldn't be... I've never raced a cross race before, and you expect me to go in the P123 field, just <laughs> green, without... And, and so I, I did it, and, you know, I didn't really know exactly what I was doing, and I, I tried to race hard. I was on my mountain bike, you know, flat yeah. bars in a P123 race. <laughs> I guess cyclocross is a little bit different, because, I mean, it's a little bit slower speed. It's yeah. not, like, huge groups. It's very tight. I mean, it's pretty tight. It's pretty tight, pretty quarters, tight so, but, yeah. it, you know, it's... It, it's different it's not, from mountain biking. Yeah, you're not going 28 miles well, per hour. Well, I think the know? problem is with, with cross is that I feel so much. I don't feel in control of my bike at all. Really? And that's different, you know, and, and I think it's just because I'm used to riding that terrain. I'm not used to riding on an on inch, you know, half fair inch enough. wheel. Yeah, fair enough. I think categories should work in a basement format. You, that you should, okay, so you can show up on the day. You can race any single race you want, Right. I could never have raced a bike race before, and I could do the pro one-two race. But <laughs> okay, follow this is dangerous the, territory. <laughs> follow, follow me, Clo. Okay, but you have to have like there's a basement on your license. So I've never done a bike race before. I can do the Cat Five race, or I can do the the pro race, right? I mean, theoretically, like I'm I'm gonna oh. do the I'm probably gonna do the Cat Five race, right? I see what you're getting at. But let's say I'm an extremely like let's say I'm a just a really fast pro not even pro I'm a I'm a cat too right I I can race as high as I want but I can't race below cat two okay Mm -hmm. yeah so like it lets people it lets people kind of like play around in the zone where like there's there's so much pressure on upgrading where people feel like they have to be smashing everybody in the field before Mm -hmm. they want to like get up to a cat two because once you're a cat two like you cannot do like non-elite level races but what if you know you kind of had this like limbo zone where it's like okay like i'm a like the lowest race i can do is a cat four but let's see what happens if i do a p12 race and maybe that gives somebody like the confidence to be like okay like i can i can do like yeah. i can see that i can see that races. i can also see a lot of pushback within the p12 oh, yeah, community yeah. exactly because yeah. they're like why is this cat three on my wheel you know yeah. it's gonna get dropped and gonna cause a crash in yeah. two laps uh, yeah know? but i think that, yeah again that goes along with like usa cycling i think if they just commit in more time and nobody wants to do like fundamentals courses, but no. I think it's important for everybody to yeah. like, and I do like yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. We just seen, I, I kind of maybe hope. just take like an online course, like yeah. every single year or, you have to pass a test 
Or I think people, and so like we. How would you test that? Can you corner? Yes. Watch this video. Just things like just things to be like. What's just, an apex? You know, just be like, should you like just honestly simple things to make you just aware of it? It's like this person's going in on this corner. Are you like? Do you have enough space to go in on the inside? Yes or no? And then it should be like they uh, they are five feet from the curb. They are ten feet from the curb. Is there enough space so that you know like? Okay, if this person's six, seven feet away from the curb, I do have room. True or false? If, if have, you're sprinting for the line, do you have to hold your line? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like, okay, the the group is slowing down and taking a sharp corner. Should you bomb the corner? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like True. it's it's like it's just like things like yeah. that. So you have to like put down on paper, like, yes, I understand these fundamental yeah. rules. You know, yeah, yeah, I do like the cat through racing because I feel like there's a lot of communication that goes on in it, you know, between. I don't know if you got the there's a lot experience. of f bombs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so many f bombs, yeah, but I feel like the at least there's some communication, it's not yeah. just like a like yeah. one pissed off dude, he's yelling, it's like the whole group kind of understands the dynamic. So, here's yeah. a, here's a story from Toad. Um, I think this was the biggest hit for an hour, by the way. Okay, okay, okay. a couple more minutes. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know, we're giving people the bonus. That's, that's what we're giving. <laughs> Did they them. want the bonus minutes? Well, we're not going to ask them. <laughs> millions of viewers. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, they demand it. <laughs> they demand it. They demand it just like they demand our segues. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so this was the the Bayview crit, and this was the Cat Four crit, and there was this one guy. He had. I just. I remember. His, kit because it was so weird it was like some geometric shapes not important that's been enough kit no <laughs> it wasn't um, so weird. but he would every time going into the corner there was the road and bayview are like terrible they're bombed out potholes it's a really really rough race and it's a really tight corner it's a cool course it is a cool course i love the race but he would bomb the inside every single because mm-hmm. there's tight corners yeah so what i mean by bomb the inside is there's a difference between like taking the hot route where you're flowing with a pack and then you start to corner inside and if nobody's like coming up on your inside you're the most inside rider you can kind of cut in a little bit and mm-hmm. maybe you like kind of skim across the gutter and you, it you know you take the corner faster but you can do that bombing the inside is going like from the back of the pack when everybody starts to slow down you essentially cruise and fly into the inside, mm-hmm. and you cut everybody off. Or and you, you, you're, you're still, yeah, as soon as you get on the inside, you slam on your brakes. It's a slam and jam. Yeah, yeah classic slam, slam and jam. jam. And he would do it on two corners every single lap. Oh, and God. every time he did it, everybody would scream at him, F-bomb. And it was... <laughs> but they, then they the get up to the front, and then, like, literally... They would drop back. Then they would drop back. And they yeah. just keep going to the front, to the back, to the front, to the back. Well, like, the, like, the mentality is, oh, like, free spaces. I should get this. Yeah, like, why isn't anybody else taking this line? So yeah. that's... Well, yeah, I guess that's... It's kind of... If like, everyone took this that, line, it would be so much faster. Yeah, that pretty much, like, epitomizes what we've been talking about for this last segment is, you know, there's, there's just, like, a specific way to race these races... And even people that are really fast, like the reason why they're so fast is not because they're willing to take more risks. It's because they are just so smart and so efficient with how they ride their bike in the pack. They're not doing the inside slam and jam. They're they're conserving energy. They're flowing with the field. They're moving up when it's safe and when it's effective. And yeah, like the best crit racers, they'll typically not crash in a yeah. year. Maybe once out of how many mm-hmm. yeah. races do they do? They mm-hmm. might crash mm-hmm. once. At Adam Adam Meyerson was a uh, who's like a prolific crit racer and really you know he's been around the, the scene for like decades. 
Um, I think I remember listening to his podcast. This this was at least a year or two ago that he went like three years without crashing. And this oh. is a guy that's doing a full calendar of crits. Like he's he is on a crit. He was on a crit squad. He was on a Stellas in 2015. That was his last pro year, and he still does a lot of the big races. Yeah. Um, but that's what happens. Like <clears throat> you you kind of you learn <clears throat> and you get really good at being like. A, a crit master and not even crit races but road races too same yeah. same mm-hmm. stuff applies yeah. yeah yeah all right cool uh casey <laughs> is there anything you want to plug oh no i'm good i'm good i okay. uh, plug velo pro a bit i, I really like velo yeah. pro and okay. none of the stuff what team talk- do you race for yeah, uh, yeah, yeah you team. you're like like no i'm a sponsored rider let's not plug anything i yeah. represent oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, i uh, i race for nest cycle service for a madison-based uh team uh, the, the shop itself, the Nuff Cycle Service, is uh, it's really cool. It's a it's a new take on bike shop, so it's a mobile bike shop. Uh, you make an appointment, and then the, the mechanic comes to you. Um, I also want to plug Cook Cookies. Uh, they're really good cookies. They're amazing. They're amazing cookies. Cookies. Cook cookies. Cook cookies. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I never heard of them. I mean, yeah. I'll bring some of you guys because they're oh. really good. Are you sponsored by Cook Cookies? Yeah, and that's why we have a podcast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> free. <laughs> that's our whole goal. We don't care about our listeners. We just want free stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, okay. So yeah, everybody's really getting the bonus minutes on this one. Uh, really quick, we can't leave without doing a quick social media plug. Um, I'll go first while you skim through. I, have, I was thinking about this. Already, All right, actually. my plug. Oh, I don't know if you did this one already. Did you do Phil Guyman? Yeah, I did Phil Guyman. Darn it. You can plug him again. That's okay. I'm not going to plug Phil because he gets enough plugs and I he's got, got a cool channel. I got one. Okay, you go. You go. Uh, mine is Emily Batty. Okay. I don't know if I already plugged her or not. Canadian national champion. Yes, but especially because at Alpstad yesterday, it was either yesterday or today, she got hit by a car on her training oh, ride. Oh. She was in the bike path, a separate bike path, and a car came up to her. To when it was like trying to get around someone and clipped her, yeah. What? And then how does that even? <laughs> and then and oh, wow. then the person gets out of their car and starts bitching at her for denting her car. Oh, oh my god! After she hit her, does he know who she's he's talking to? Like that's... yeah, she posts she posted like the whole thing on uh, her Instagram. Oh, so if, so if you go on her Instagram, look up Emily Batty. If you oh, do it soon enough. Uh, you can you can go on her story and she's got like pictures and she's like she's yelling at me for denting her car. That's crazy. That she yeah. was, maybe she was on like uh, meth or something. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Where maybe was this race? Alpstad. Alpstad. Uh, uh, Germany. Oh, okay, maybe not. She's in Germany. It's kind of an American right thing. No, Alpstad's this weekend. Oh yeah, the race okay. is this weekend. Yeah. You call yourself a mountain bike racer. Yeah, I don't oh, know anything, Casey. Well, you said Alpstad, like, and then you said training. Yeah. I want to oh, plug. She was, it was like pre-race training. <laughs> okay. I want to plug. Uh, Wait, who says you get more plugs? No, I, I'm gonna plug Flow Bikes. <laughs> Flow Bikes is a media conglomerate. They've been doing really good coverage of the Giro. Uh, they basically every after every stage they do about a ten to twelve minute little uh, recap of the entire stage. Name their riders. Name the attacks. All right, that's Casey's Sweet. social media of the week. Nice. Okay, my social media is going to be, my social media follow of the week is the Peloton Magazine. That's basically one of my go-tos for updates on racing. I love Peloton because they really do pretty much everything, and they cover, so they do gravel racing, cross racing, crit racing, road racing, domestic racing, European racing, a little bit of everything, and they've just got a really cool style to how they cover stuff. So that's my plug of the week, my social media plug. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Facebook at 
Bike Racing. Yep. Bike, bike Racing, Racing Weekly. You can find us yep. on Twitter at Bike Race Weekly. You can get us on iTunes at Bike Race Weekly. And now, for the very first time, you can also get us on Stitcher if you are an Android user. That's right, Android users. We do care about you. So we now do. you can listen mobily on the go. Um, and yeah, feel free to tweet at us, drop us a comment, uh, ask us some questions if you guys want us to talk about anything. Uh, you can talk trash about us, uh, really anything, you know, just, oh, we would love some tweets. Yeah. Last plug. Last plug. If you are at any of the, any the races in general, um, send a, and you have a GoPro, you take footage, please send it to us, uh, DM us, on, DM us on Twitter or Facebook. Send us your video, and we're going to start putting those up on our YouTube channel. Yeah. We want to be a, uh, what do you, a we, hub. We, we want to be a hub for, like, any bike race. Bike race videos. So, yeah. So, like, I know for myself, like, I like to go, if I'm doing a race, I just YouTube the race, and I want to see, like, what was the race like, and, you know, maybe I'll even find a video of the exact category I'm racing. So that's kind of what we want to do is, like, just have a conglomerate yeah. or a big collection of of bike racing videos. Or maybe uh, you raced with a guy who had a GoPro footage and you see yourself. Yeah, and Ryan, uh, this is kind of still in the works. Oh, by the way, I had a GoPro on my bike and didn't turn it on. You're so lame. Okay. He just wanted it for the extra resistance. Uh, dumb. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so uh, this weekend, uh, really quick, we uh, are kind of figuring out what we're racing. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to be racing Saturday at the Palmyra Road Race. You've I'm got your graduating, graduating college because you're educated. Saturday. And... Uh, Sunday, we might be racing the Madison Crit. I should be Probably racing. going to be racing. Weather and permitted right now. We might Looks be. Like there might be thunderstorms. Okay, we'll mm-hmm. see. We might be live podcasting as we well. Might be. We might be. Maybe. So anybody that comes to that race, uh, feel free to drop by. We're probably going to be doing a live podcast during the P. If you want to come by race. and be on the podcast. We would love it. I've <laughs> we also, would love to have you on yeah, the podcast. Anybody is... We're pretty Always open. welcome. We're your pretty cat five, open. come on by. If your cat want, one, come on by. We want to hear about your race. We want to hear about whatever you're. If you're a spectator about. who've never who's never been to a uh, bike race. That's before. like who we really want to come. That's by. That's who we really want. We want outside perspective because we want people coming in here and they're just like, what? what what's up with the spandex? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you like the feel of it? <laughs> Why are your legs shaved? Yeah. Okay. Do you well, swim? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we've rambled. Are you guys professionals. <laughs> Funny story. Uh, my wife, uh, her, she, she does not like when I shave my legs, and I'm, I I'm content with being happily married, <laughs> so I don't shave my legs. And she's like, "Well, once you, once you, once you're a pro, you can shave your legs." Oh. So now you got goals. Now I got goals. She's like, "Are you racing yeah. the Tour de France?" I'm like, my "Well, brother, no." And she's like, "Well, why are you shaving your legs?" My brother said, "If I ever won a toad race, I could name his child." Well, you do I, a cat one. Name his child. A cat one toad race. He said, "I can name his child." What would you name his child? Top of your head. Tulip Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to think uh, Downer Avenue. but <laughs> Downer Avenue Gerard. First name, did you know? And middle name, I won Downer. Middle phrase, hyphen, did I, hyphen one, hyphen Downer. Okay, we've really rambled quite a bit. Yeah. But, you know, it's quality. I think uh, I think you guys still like listening to the random bits in our podcast, maybe more so than the actual topics. So. Send us a... A message on Facebook or something. Let us yeah. know what you guys think. If you have any uh, critiques for us, yeah, too. And yeah. Uh, and we'll see. Just destroy us on social media. Yeah, leave us a rating on iTunes. Yeah. That'd be nice too. That'd be great. Like subscribe to us. Subscribe. Yeah. Subscribes really help. Yep. Reviews really help. We need uh, 
all the reviews we can get. Of course. Because we don't know where we're taking this. Exactly. All right. So, (laughs) all right, everybody, we will see you all next week. Uh, Take it easy. Have a good one. And, uh, yeah, bye now. Bye.